Express yourself. Don't give it away, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. We find ourselves in the calm before the final. It's Friday 9th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm the Jim Campbell Experience. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. Good to see you. And the Jim Campbell experience, is it, Jim? Yep. Tough guy, eh? Okay. Well, gentlemen, as I said at the start there, it's <laughs> it's Friday, and that's a good thing. And we're a couple of days away from the final. And it's a strange feeling because there's one game left of this tournament, and we still have still an live. extremely vested interest. Yeah. Which has never happened before. And it's an odd one, Jim, because normally when a tournament happens, you're the first sort of week or two of a tournament, depending on the size, but especially, you know, well, I suppose now we've got 2014, that, that, that first phase of it, there's just games everywhere. You, you sort of, the game finishes and you get something to eat and you go, what's that? Oh, there's another game starting quickly. And it's, it's, you're like a child on Christmas Day, but Christmas Day lasts for about two weeks. Yes. And then you have a down day and you go, oh my goodness, teams are being eliminated. Oh, this is a bit, can't we just have this kind of festival experience forever? And as the tournament sort of drips on, you go, oh, we're losing this. Oh, okay. And then, oh yeah, England have gone out. And the, and then you kind of go, oh yeah, there's a semi-final. Is it tomorrow night or the night after? I think, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. And then, oh, the final. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch that. And it's like, no, this has been a bit different. Yeah. I mean, this feels a lot like the Christmas perineum does, doesn't it? Like where it's just like you're only, <laughs> Unbelievable. You, you don't really know what what time it is. You're just sort of like, Today, Time's gone all weird. You're just waiting for the for yeah. the, the next bit. Is today the 23rd of December, Andy? Is is the question? Because yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, but do you not do you not think though that the difference is with Christmas dates, it's going to be good, but this this Christmas day this could be terrible. This could be like, oh, you 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 didn't read my Christmas list at all, did you? Yeah. Well, so you could get the Mattel Atat, but it might not have batteries. <laughs> Well, in Europe they have a, they have a thing called the Krampus, don't they? In some places, yeah, which that's is right. Like the naughty kids yep. get like a, an evil thing yeah. that's supposed to come from potatoes Day. sometimes. Yeah, so I mean, maybe that's um, maybe that's more the comparison. But it's it is a weird feeling, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I, I can't like I can't wrap my head around it mm. like, because a final is a showpiece. It's yeah. not something that you have a vested interest in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. it's true. Right? Like, yeah. Every every time a final comes along, you kind of go. You, or are you watching it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, You'd be like, oh, I'd love, I'd love it for England to be involved in one of these. And then you start daydreaming. And now it's here. It, it, it still feels like a daydream. It still doesn't feel real. Like, I, I welled up at the end. I was not expecting to at all. Was, it hit me really like, yeah. like a big wall of emotion. It was, uh-huh. it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I sort of can't, how dare you say that when England stole their way to the final? Well, yeah. No, that was what I enjoyed most about it. <laughs> Crime is the secret ingredient. Exactly. Yeah. Whack it in the British Museum with everything else they stole. As I forget who said, someone brilliant said on Twitter. Did you not find though at the moment on Twitter you get these kind of... Uh, these these rather bold tweets as you do every yeah. any day of the year, and you kind of think, is that? No, it's just it's just somebody with a few followers and yeah. someone screamed. But you know, that's all a part. It's all a part of the uh, the twenty first yeah. century life. Absolutely. I mean, everyone <laughs> everyone wants us to lose. It's um, um it's quite funny. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, doesn't. 
I mean, you know, again, I'm doing what Marcus is just talking about. You, there are so many memes going around, well, like okay. a map of Europe where every country is Italy apart from, apart yeah, and, from England. And, and, and there's no way Spain want Italy to win. But no, I'm true. not saying they're pro England yeah, yeah, in yeah. any way at all. But I, I would be surprised if Spanish people, maybe even some French people, because the rivalry between France Spanish and Spanish people definitely want England to win. Right. Okay. Cause, definitely. Because they absolutely love us and they welcome us every year, and we're so well behaved yeah, in that country exactly. that we uh, build bridges that way. Yes, I'm being sarcastic, Scottish and Irish people. Um, but Andy, you're in um, a, a perhaps uh, the best position of all the people that I know um, to give us the insight on on who wants us to win and who wants us to lose <laughs> in a Euro, in a Eurovision style format. Uh, take it away, Andy Brassel. <laughs> Don't bring Eurovision into this when we're involved. All right, uh, in a Euro Union style. No, that's even worse. No, Andy, but we, we chatted the other day, all, all bollocks aside for a moment. Um, we, we chatted the other day and you... Because I, again, assume that, that people... Not that I give... Do we have any support, you know... But mm. what is the sort of take, if you like, that you've well, noticed think, on, in some other European countries? Not necessarily I, I who you we, want to win, but what's the feeling going into the final? I think we we like to think um, we're different and everyone hates us, and that we're the Millwall of international football. There's definitely a siege mentality that, with English fans, which has been to our detriment over yes, the years. Yes, massively. But I I don't I don't think that is the case. And um, reading a lot and listening to a lot of what people are saying in yeah. in other countries like people have found that England's story like quite curious and interesting well, and Gareth uplifting. Southgate one perhaps more specifically yeah but I think as I said before in terms of Germany mm -hmm. they're very keen on English academies so the, the qualities there mm -hmm. is absolutely no surprise to them and it's making them have a rethink or like a lot of German football people mm -hmm. having a re rethink about why their academies aren't producing quite what they want at the moment. And mm. it is interesting, isn't it? The idea of having England, especially post-Premier League, as some sort of academy yardstick. Yeah. But I think as well, uh, uh, there's a really interesting article in L'Equipe today about the atmosphere around the English team and the togetherness and their contention that that is what's got England to this point because they're enjoying each other's company mm. and they're having fun in a way that a lot of the other teams weren't in a way that the French team didn't really seem to be having they seemed tetchy and uncomfortable mm -hmm. and unsettled whereas the English team to the rest of Europe always look like they're having a good time which is strange and you can you can underrate that yeah you can which is strange because you remember the scenes in the Stade de France after France won the World Cup obviously they've won the World Cup so there's going to be a bit of a celebratory mood but the the rap you know with name or the, I say the rap uh, the pop song should we call it I don't want to anger some of our fans when they mention all the players names in the song and so on and the and the feeling and they, they seem to be a very jubilant mm. mood and there seem to be Again, at least from where I was was sat watching it on on my phone, uh, quite a togetherness with that side. But that was evidently not the case uh, in in this tournament. And we see other squads often sort of you know combust and so on. And it's not just England has a, have a good feeling. Italy, Jim, look like they have a, yes. a very very good feeling as well. But I suppose maybe what Andy's saying, I haven't seen too many. Um, videos of the Italian side because probably I don't know maybe that's just not on my Twitter feed or whatever uh, or maybe they're not too bothered but but England certainly in a PR sense do come across more likeable these days oh absolutely I think as well it's it's about more than um, the team it's about more than the memes though isn't it it's about yeah. more than oh aren't they having a good time they are actually a real sort of 
They're iconic. They're already iconic. I mean, because Gareth Southgate, I mean, him as as a leader mm-hmm. is is really a, a shining example of 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 what can be achieved if you if you think. You know, if you t- if you take a step back, if you if you if you take a measured approach to things, you don't panic yeah. about the immediacy. It's a, it's an antidote for the British people are bored of experts. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. an absolute like it, it. It's a rebuttal of that 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 nonsense that that we've seen in society. And, and the, the the team are a sort of conscious emblem of the positive things that need to be amplified um, in our society in a divided time. Well, the, and the, the, the thing is, it's it's not even it's not even political. Like the idea that you should have respect for people and try and find <laughs> common ground, I don't think is political. But you, and that, that well, seems it shouldn't to, be. That, that seems to be Gareth Southgate's. No, you're right, and it, it shouldn't be. I ask you though, Jim, is Gareth Southgate as big a hero as Boris Johnson? That <laughs> is my question. To yeah, you. and and before you answer that, Jim, let me give a bit of context there of what I think my friend and uh, colleague, Mr. Brassel, is talking about. Let's hope so. Um, La Gazzetta dello Sport have suggested that uh, England have been allowed to keep the final because of Boris Johnson's opposition to the European Super League. Uh, but they, I think it was even worded maybe that uh, Boris Johnson was kind of like the saviour of European football. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, I mean they've misunderstood the situation. They have. They uh, have. In, in, that's in, fair in, to in say. In Gazzetta dello Sport, yeah. But we'll crack on anyway. But they say so the hero who slayed the Super League. Yeah, oh, I mean, the hero who slayed the Super League. It's incredible, isn't it? Mm. It is absolutely incredible. Well, no, but, he, seemingly, can just wander through life doing anything. I mean, it is. It is amazing how you read this. Uh, you read this Gazzetta editorial, <laughs> and the bit where they say that you know. England have basically been given a penalty as a favour. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even the most offensive part of the article. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously there was, there was talk that he knew about the Super League plans before it all went public as well, wasn't it? So they've they've either not they either weren't aware of that or have you know glossed over it, shall we say? Shall we say, Jim? Yeah. So that's the the situation. So Andy, what was your question again to Jim? Will if the England win the Euros? Do we need to thank Boris Johnson? Is that what he's, I don't, <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's that, been that, very, very it. difficult for the government yeah. to take um, take any credit here, hasn't it? They've had a go, though. Apparently, yeah, they have had a go. <laughs> apparently, I, I, I read something saying that they were they were put out by Gareth Southgate's statement before the tournament, the open letter that he put out, because obviously it was it was all talk of of, of unity and the values that the that the team bring, and it made it very very difficult for um, for them to keep their kind of, you know, stance of, of of being anti-taking the knee and things like that mm-hmm. uh, and also claim any sort of association with England. So it's, yeah. it's very, very, very good from, from Southgate to, yeah. to position England in a way where they stand for themselves and, you know, for their own political integrity. Yeah. By the way, we should just sort of uh, say that there is a petition to rename London Sterlingrad if England win the Euros. Yeah. So if, if Seize the means of production. <laughs> so if everybody can get uh, behind that, that would be absolutely great. I mean, we can talk about the politics and all the rest of it, and, and I do find it quite interesting, and I think there is something to be said, but ultimately, they are a football team, and yeah. it is a game of football. And I think that is the beauty of football, isn't it? That it, I don't know about... Well, maybe it suspends our reality for, for a few weeks or, or, or lets us view things in a sort of slightly different way. Does it have an actual impact, these 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 teams? You don't really know. Possibly, we yeah. would certainly hope so. And if they can win the damn thing, yeah. 
then that would obviously beef up that argument. Absolutely. I think the England team have been politicised, whether they themselves like it or not, though, and their response to it has been absolutely magnificent. They are a set of, of, of genuine role models that are representing their country with actions rather than jingoism, effectively. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see that, that they, they are an absolute emblem. And I, it's weird to, as an adult man, to feel so proud of a group of strangers who are a lot younger than me. But, but I do. What if they get thumped in the final and they don't try? Are you going to be proud of them? <laughs> <laughs> Turn your tune, well, change your tune, won't First you? time they were in a final in my life, mate, apart from Le Tournoi, So <laughs> There wasn't a final in Le Tournoi. I keep having to remind people of this, Andy, and it's frustrating <laughs> me for crying out loud. But yes, Le Tournoir uh, and Natalie and Brilliant completist Marcus Speller. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy Brassel, uh, England, I mean, the journey began, of course, um, with, with a 1-0 win against Croatia. And it's funny to think back how criticised Gareth Southgate was with his team selection yeah. there. Me and Luke said it was perfect at the time, though. So yeah, I, mean, this, I, I, this I was is, trying to kind of hold back good... people on Twitter saying, well, actually, I think the reason why he's put Trippier there and, and so on. Some people were having it. It's fair to say some people were not. But but fast forward to the semi-final, when England go to uh, back three, back five in the second period of extra time and could have killed the game off 3-1, but actually chose to play in a safer way to just make sure... You know, the last few minutes. Yes, Denmark were down to 10 men. I understand. I'm not saying this is some sort of, you know, Brazil 1970 just before the fourth goal goes in kind of moment. But, uh, but Andy, it shows you how England fans in these couple of weeks have, have changed. Not even a few years, but in these few weeks yeah, towards I mean, Southgate. As, as I was saying to you, like there's nothing as convincing as results, obviously. But as I was saying to you when we were talking about this off air earlier, Marcus, mm. I, I think... Use fewer swear words this time, Andy. Okay, I'll do my best. And you're wearing a lot more. (laughs) I think think the Ukraine game is really important. And it's funny because when you look at the rest of the moments in in the Euro, it kind of feels, I don't know if like, it sounds weird, the game in which England scored the most goals was like the least exciting because there was like so little jeopardy in it. Mm. You know, it was such a degree of comfort and there was such an enormous gap I was between quite, I was all right with that. England <laughs> and Ukraine. That I thought that was just a tonic actually <laughs> yeah. to be honest. No, no, that was that was that was actually going to be my point even if it was not in terms of atmosphere mm. and in terms no, I get of what you're, I get what in terms saying. of what it might have done for mm-hmm. a neutral I, I, I don't think it stands up amongst the great games of this great tournament. But I think it's really important in trust in Southgate. You know, yes. Giving the people a little bit of what they want. And obviously Ukraine were slightly complicit in that. But yeah. I, 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 I think that is that is quite important. Because now it feels that after the Ukraine game, there is a sense for a lot of people of, we can actually do this. Yeah. Well, I think there's a sense that that's there if we need it. You know, the concern yeah. was that, um, you know, we, we hadn't really got out of second gear. So can we get out of second gear? Mm-hmm. And now we know that we can. Yeah. Well, I think I think people wanted... Miguel Delaney wrote a piece um, saying that England at one point in... In, in England, forgive me if I get this wrong, Miguel, but uh, at one point in England's history, they, there was that glorious failure and they were involved in some great games yeah. in, uh, in in the World Cup, for example, in 98 against Argentina. what we're conditioned to want, isn't it? Exactly. You want that kind of, let's... let's the drama. Yeah, let's let's burn brightly, even if it's just for four games, maybe five if we can. Not, well, not in those games, but let's have a moment where we burn brightly. We, um, we believe for 10 minutes or maybe 20 minutes, dare I say, 
uh, that, my goodness, we maybe we can play a bit, you know, maybe England can, can go on and do something. And then eventually England go out and you don't want it to be with a whimper. You want it to be glorious failure. Uh, and obviously McGill's piece was much better than what I'm describing now. I don't <laughs> want to do the man a disservice. But, 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 and, and I would, you know, say, go and read that, please. But when you were England were in the group stages, especially after the Scotland game, I think people thought, no, hang on, we, we turn up to these tournaments, we go out in the quarterfinals if we're lucky, and we want a few moments here. We want a Gaza goal, or we want a mm. Beckham free kick, or we want something like that. We're not even getting that. And because of what happened at Euro 2016, okay, we had a bit of cheer when beating Wales 2-1 because of the nature of the, the injury time winner. But you think about 2016, ultimately it was crap. Um, 2014, very, very Awful. poor. It really was. The whole time really under Hodgson was was not good and it was a shame because I wanted Hodgson to get the job and I, and I do I what, what love I find, the man. But just I to finish, find... Andy, 2010 was also poor as well. So I think England were like, just give us a... We go yeah. out after a barnstorming 2-2 or something uh, and like also, that. Let's and people forget, were worried, Andy, but, in the group that that was not going to happen. But what I find weird is if you go back to the group games of even the successful tournaments... Yes. 96 against Switzerland. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, but you had... And then you then you go... So you're talking about defining a tournament on the possibility of, you know, glorious knockout failure. And actually, if you go back to the 1990 group game... 90 is a better example. 96 is not a good example. No, because no, they beat the no, Netherlands 4-1. Yeah, but by, by which time you've already got four points. Yes, but, but the point, because, but the point is they the, still the, had the that Scotland, moment. The Scotland game could have gone either way. The Switzerland performance wasn't fantastic. So the idea that Gareth Southgate, by, I, I don't know, making England a little more conservative, is like killing the spirit of what yes. England normally do in great group guys, is fucking nonsense. No, I, I yeah, agree I with that. I think that spirit needed exercising anyway, didn't no, it? No, I, I agree with that. I suppose I'm, I'm sort of tapping into that mindset of people were worried. And I'm not saying... They were they were right. To be. I think it's to it's do the, with the composition short. of the current squad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. There was like you know, take the handbrake off, Gareth, all that kind of stuff. Play everybody. We want to play exciting and attacking football. That phrase. Let, let's have a go. Let's go at them. Mm. Let's let's play on the front foot. All this kind of but, stuff. But you yeah, think the, the, you have the to have is, a strategy and a plan. The thing is, the people the, the people who were saying that, I guess, don't watch international football. Because yeah. that is that is not how it's That's done. That's not how you win it, is it? And we 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 know that. And and Southgate has has studied the teams that have done it. It's based a lot of of our tournament. Southgate has watched World Cups and European yeah, exactly. Championship. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Sometimes from on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like he does know what he's doing. But that was the feeling, though. And as I said, I'm not saying I agree with it. You know, I think and Luke was very vocal as well. And I, you could see what he was trying to do. As I said, much like the French in um, in 2018. Uh, and but but you could see that oh, okay there's there's a little bit of um, uh, upset here especially after the Scotland game because it is a derby game and people were very very disappointed people wanted to see Grealish they wanted to see a couple of uh, mm. more attacking players I, I remember feeling very very deflated after that game oh completely thinking that like oh god this it, it's it felt like the beginning of this is going to be how it always is. Exactly. It's going to get it's going really to a damp squib. and it will be a damp squib because and you won't even have the, the enjoyable moment. Exactly, because, and I, I realise this, that... So conditioned to it. Well, but the thing is though, Jim, where, where, where were these sort of perceived good moments? I mean, it has been famine for England for, for a long, well, long exactly, time. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, and I, I was going to say earlier, there's a whole generation of people that haven't, you know, that, that don't remember year 96 and like well, maybe even 90. don't remember year 2004, which was, which was a... a 
a yeah. laugh, let's be honest, who who have just known England to just be really flat and boring and not even to have those those moments that you cherish. Yeah, because Euro 2004 is a good example. Even though England only played four games, at least there were some goals in that tournament, mm. which was quite rare for England. You know, the 4-2 against Croatia, you mm. know, like yeah. Rooney Great got game. us all going. 06, it was disappointing. It never really got going. And, uh, and, and I think people were worried about that. But of course, then we played Germany in the second round. Um, but before we um, talk about that and one or two other uh, bits and pieces of England, I just want to say that the final episode of On the Continent is out now. Andy, uh, you and Dotton were joined by Nicky Bandini to talk all things Italy and look back over a magnificent tournament uh, for them. So get that over at Football Ramble Presents uh, because there is another team in the final, isn't there? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, chaps, let's go for a quick break. From this man, Casper Dober, COVID twice, appendicitis, a teammate stole his watch that was worth $85,000, and yet his first start in this tournament, he delivers a wonderful goal. And it was a wonderful goal, everybody. Mm. It was also a really long time ago that someone stole his watch, but you know. All right, Andy. (laughs) It still happened. How does he know? Yeah. (laughs) He's got no way of knowing how long it's been now. Love the game Now hit subscribe Please send us a note We won't reply Email show at footballramble.com Show at footballramble.com Though, if we wanted to, that would be fine. Uh, we've got one here from Claire Tooley. This is probably why I have this in mind. I'm at a Nashville SC game right now. And although Soccer Moses does not play guitar every game, that honour goes to a different musician each time. The photo attached is what he does when there's a red card. And Claire sent a photo of Moses holding up a big red tablet at the front of the ground that reads, Thou shalt not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you haven't seen Soccer Moses, then Google it for crying out Yeah. Right. So uh, a guy called Robert Courtner got in touch with me as well, saying, just heard the latest podcast, thought I'd throw this your way. Soccer Moses is actually the guitar player for Jars of Clay. When he isn't playing, he's a barber in Nashville and he's a huge Arsenal fan. Side note, English fans need to realise that we ruin everything of theirs, the language, occupation of the Americas <laughs> and football. He's in the band Jars of Jars Clay. Jars of Clay, yeah. Well, apparently Claire, Claire Tully is saying that it's a different person every time, so perhaps the Jars of Clay fella has been Soccer Moses and it's I love Is he this. like the Phantom? I, I presume so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not a short guitar player. Do you know the band Jars of no. Clay? Have you heard of them? No. I've heard of them, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I don't okay. know them that well. They've but... been, I mean, they've been around for a long time. They have, yeah. And mind you, we, I mean, it's Soccer Moses, you know, you don't get a young man in <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, as you say, in, in Nashville, everyone's going to play guitar. Yeah. Like, the stewards That's are probably true. as good as <laughs> Soccer Moses. Like, the players can probably yeah. do it. You can't have like a clean-shaven 21-year-old. It's Soccer Moses. No, it isn't. I don't think it's his beard, Andy. I don't think it's Real bit. Do you reckon you go on to pedal steel once you've conceded a goal? Possibly. <laughs> That's how it works. Possibly. Right. Possibly. Um, Jim, you've got an email yourself, though. From Bob Silverio. I mean, is there a podcast in the world with listeners who have better names than ours? I, I, I doubt it. Not. I absolutely doubt yeah. it. So thanks to all of your 
parents, I guess. Um, so Bob says, we've been hearing a lot of complaints that the penalty shootout favours the teams taking the first kick. The ABBA system has been tried without success as well. The obvious solution is simultaneous penalties. You will need the fourth <laughs> official on one side and the referee on the other with an assistant on each side. The stadium announcer can blow the whistle after a signal from the referees. Imagine the beautiful chaos. It's also great for television and will add immeasurably to the drama. So I love that. Could you imagine like a split screen? Yeah. See both at once. I mean, it's already tense. <laughs> it would be incredible, wouldn't it? Uh, Which way do you look as yeah. well if you're, if you're in the middle, if you're still in the middle of the pitch? Yeah, I, I I don't think we need that, do we? <laughs> you'd stuff. love to you'd love to see it with the when your team's not involved. Yeah, just to see what it's like. I don't know. Would you though? I still get like with the penalty shootout. Even if my even if it's not England or you know anybody I'm in, in, into involved, I still get a touch nervous. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the drama is unrivaled. Oh my goodness! The, the, the ABBA system's quite interesting. Gerard Piquet was asking for that on Twitter, wasn't he? After after Spain lost, was he? Yeah. We'll see. I've got an email here from Chris Ur who says, uh, I have a general question. Have any of you had family events slash birthdays completely ruined by football? I only ask as my birthday is on the 11th of July. So three years ago, as we all remember, well, England lost in a semi-final. Despite the glorious first five minutes, I've never been more miserable on a birthday. Yeah. Three years on, I find myself in a similar position again. Hopefully this time my joy lasts more than five minutes as I proceed to ignore my family throughout the day. My birthday is just days after that. So, um, yes, I, I will have uh, a little bit of a respite if it doesn't go our way yeah. on Sunday. But, yeah, it did, yeah I, I know what you mean. It's uh, it's an interesting one, that, Chris. Mine's, mine's June the 18th, so I was lucky enough to see England smash the Netherlands Netherlands 4-1 in, in Euro 96, we were talking about earlier. But, yeah, generally, if England play on that day quite often and they can be very underwhelming. So yeah. it has had certainly had a negative impact as well. But mm. it's, you've got to be careful with these things, haven't you? Mm -hmm. if, if it's a... Like, I, I was going to get married on the 10th of June. That was so short-sighted. That was so short-sighted, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was. That could have been a problem oh, every couple of years. I can't. Uh, yeah, if it's a tournament year, and a friend of mine says, "Oh, we could get married," blah, 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 yeah. very pleased for you. I'll be more pleased if you have that wedding in August. Yeah, I suppose it's more socially acceptable to say, "Can I simply join on Zoom?" Yeah, <laughs> these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. But I, I'm just interested to see what Gazetta's next column's going to be like. If uh, England were to score a penalty in the final, would it be a, a gift to Chris? Or an early birthday one for Marcus? Maybe, yeah. Or um, something to do with Boris Johnson, oddly. Yeah, yeah but they'll find a way. Certainly. They'll find a way. He'll parachute um, in, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, there's, there's been no talk, has there? There was, there was talk that they might uh, have a bigger attendance for the final, building on the, what was it, about 64,000 for the Denmark game. And everyone was like, what? 66,000? I mean, now you're talking. <laughs> now you are talking. Uh, but of course, you know, mentioning England in the group stages and then how Southgate managed to kind of just ignore really all the what the, a lot of the some sections of the media and some fans were saying, and 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 even in the ground actually, you know, booing after the Scotland mm. uh, uh, performance. And again, I sort of understand it because it did seem quite lacklustre, and it was raining, and it was raining. Um, uh, but uh, but against Germany, two games later it was a rather different story. And this is when I think people thought, hang on a minute, because Southgate to switch it to a 3-4-3. Now, I, I've, I've said for, for a while, I, I don't like England playing a 3-4-3. And I've, I said before the tournament, I think England are a little bit soft at the core. Well, Harry Maguire and John Stones have certainly, up to this point, I stress, have certainly, you know, 
given me two fingers and everyone. Well, Maguire had probably his best game against Germany. He was he? Yeah. he was magnificent, he was amazing. And also Rice and Phillips in the centre of the pitch have have come on leaps and bounds as well. And uh, and and against Germany in a three four three to match them up, you know, it was it was impressive, Jim. And again, it it it, it let everybody see. What Southgate and and Holland are doing, Steve Holland, I should mm. specify. Uh, we're not getting tips from Frank de Boer. Um, what 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 they are doing, and and again, it's that kind of trust. And people were like, "I think this is okay." And England put put Germany away with two goals, and it, the, the feel good factor was yeah. ramped up to a level that few of us have seen before. Absolutely, and again, similar to the Ukraine game in a way, it was not. When, when I reference the Ukraine game, what I mean is that. Everyone has been a bit frustrated that we got these this brilliant attacking talent, so we're not just like you know tearing it up and scoring loads of goals. When that actually happened, you were like, right, we can do this if we need to. It's mm-hmm. great to have it in the locker. I think with the Germany game, it was similar with switching the formation. Yeah, it shows you this that you know the the plan is really detailed, mm-hmm. and the, these players are comfortable in a lot of different systems. And it's not just one particular player in one particular position. A lot of these players can play across different places in different systems for different opposition mm-hmm. with a different tempo for just everything appears to have been thought of yeah and they are, they are just ticking off challenges really yeah and, in, and when you say that there's different challenges for different things because it's always that thing isn't it Andy before tournaments people say well what's your starting 11 for England mm. and therefore that should be the starting 11 going into every single game yeah. along the way which is quite an old fashioned way of looking it's at it's an things. extremely old fashioned yeah. way I understand it from a fan's point of view when you think who's your best 11 you're, you're, in your mind you're thinking we're up against a good mm. team even that's flawed but obviously I enjoy the chat as a, as, a, as a purely as a fan and that's absolutely fine and valid and enjoyable we want to stress we don't want to Come over too beardy about this, soccer Moses. Um, but uh, but 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 actually, when it gets to the reality uh, of the of the matches and so on, you, you would pick Sancho for one game. You would pick Saka for another game. You put in maybe Grealish for another game. There's all these options which England fortunately have in those positions in particular. Um, but, but but he's even rotated his squad to keep at, at times. There's obviously a, a core which you need, but he's rotated. He's used them well. Um, Andy and, and and that's that's why, as we said before, and the freshness like, has been important. Yeah, and it's it's why we said before that Italy and England have actually got quite a lot in common mm. in the, in the way that they've been governed by Mancini and, and and Southgate. But I do think the Germany game is is super important. Um, I, th- I think because we've we've talked about the psychological element of playing Germany quite a lot, mm-hmm. but the fact that at that point. Southgate manages to completely cocoon the players from that. Yep. Or the players manage to cocoon, cocoon themselves. As a group. Whichever way you, you look at it. The fact that they're able to say, none of this matters. Mm-hmm. Let's just play the game, follow the script, and it'll all be and it'll all be fine. And and, and they did. They turned it up at exactly the right point yep. in the in the last part of the game. And the idea that idea of not being fettered by a national history and not letting all the other chat come in I, I think is really really important yeah and if England let's forgive me for, for doing this England fans but if England were to say lose on penalties in the final obviously it'd be, it would be quite uh, it would be gutting and it would be awful but I don't think it would set England back in the way it did in the past certainly not you know or if or if there were certain things I mean I say that now but I just think the way that they're trying to progress and the way Southgate goes on about we're writing our own our own stories, this yes. is a different group yes. of players. That I think that's the crucial bit here. 
Um, and, and, I, and I think as well, his comments after the Germany game, Jim, were interesting when he said, you know, well, you, if you change the system and you mix it up and you lose, you know, you're dead, is what he said. Yeah. Obviously, sort of touch tongue in cheek. Mm. But he's got a point there. They were bold calls that uh, some England managers uh, ha- would perhaps be scared to make. I mean, I, there's one England manager in particular who I remember saying uh, that if you don't pick certain players, the, the, the pressure to pick certain players mm. is immense because maybe back in those days, you know, this would have been about, mm, I don't know, it, it's in the past. I don't want to uh, betray the, the <laughs> my sources. But it, it, was, it was a case of if you don't pick certain players, then the media can really put pressure on your yeah. job. Mm. And so in terms of keeping the job that you love and your income... And you doing the job, I yeah, suppose, exactly, as well, by keeping exactly, the pressure yeah. away. That's it. And so to make these bold calls that Southgate has done so far has been quite something. Absolutely. And I think he has changed so much of the, um, the nature of what the England job is by perhaps being a bit more statesmanlike, being very methodical, as we've dis- discussed before, his whole demeanour is very, very considered mm-hmm. and, and what they put out there and 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 how much they've actually invited us as fans mm-hmm. and also the media into the process. You know, that they, they there aren't, you know, obviously they, I'm sure there are some things that they keep secret, but they, they are very open about how they work. You'd hope so, wouldn't what, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But about how they work, what they want to achieve, you know, and, and just what, what their expectations are. And also... To go back to your earlier point about, you know, what happens if England lose to Italy on penalties in the final? Well, obviously that would be devastating. We'll all be devastated. But the point is England have got to a final for the first time since 1966, blah, blah, blah. Of course, we have a huge advantage with so much of it being here. But, you know, those are the facts of it. And also that happens in... Every tournament, yeah, it's, it's not unusual. <laughs> Someone's at home, home well, and, and also if it, yeah. if it comes a bit nervy in the stadium, sometimes that can go against yeah. you. But I take the point; it is an yeah. advantage. But also, I think as significant, and if not more significant, is that we beat a powerhouse in a knockout game for the first time since again 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, don't, I think I don't think you can count Spain in '96 because yeah. I don't think they'd quite hit the heights that mm-hmm. we, we that you know. Sure, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think that that changes the DNA of of mm-hmm. of. Of, of England in, in international tournaments and that, and that that confirms the reset mm-hmm. that I think we, we hoped would be the case in 2018. But that's so, so yeah. much that's so much more for the public side than in the camp. But, we, yeah. but which can and I think it's less these days because of the good work Southgate and all mm. have done in that bubble. But it but it, that can that nervousness or that pressure can filter through to the players somewhat. Maybe I, I think he should. Southgate won't always be England manager. Another no, manager th- may handle that not in, in such a, a, a way. Not only is he shielded them quite well from that, I think he's created a culture where that, that they've got each other's backs really, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think they're 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 not really as susceptible to that as as they they might have been in the in in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we've we've heard about how factions between players of certain clubs uh, is, is a thing of the past. I thought what was really interesting, I think that Ben Chilwell said about, funnily enough, the Chelsea and Manchester City players mm-hmm. felt closer almost because they went through the Champions League final mm. together. Isn't that mad? Which is... That is uh, utterly remarkable. In, in an England context, yeah. that's something amazing. Yeah. That says about the environment that's been created in the last three or four years yeah. with, with, with England. Yeah. But, but certainly from a public perspective, beating Germany, beating the bogeyman, that 
definitely give Southgate some room. Totally. And I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah. But in terms of the players, I'll th- I, I I honestly think cliche of cliches, they just think it's another step on the road. Yeah, I, and and I sincerely hope that as well. And and so we've not got to the end of that road where we want to be, which is holding yeah. the trophy, of course. Um, but your point about the squad is very very interesting. You know, certain factions and so on. Imagine if you are a player who, say, Lingard or Watkins, who who were nearly there but didn't quite do it. Imagine what they're feeling now. You, you or or someone like James Madison. You know, well, and Jesse, you could... Jesse Lingard's been watching the games, isn't he? No, no, no. Yeah, but as in, parrot. sure. Yeah. But, but but imagine, okay, say someone like James Madison, for example, mm. and you can point to uh, you know a handful of other Emil Smith Rowe, for example, another one. Imagine what they're looking at, going, I want Absolutely. a bit of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that's of the course. feeling now. Get I whatever I've got to do, and that will obviously help the the in in theory the performance mm. levels at their clubs. That's what's going on here. There's none of this kind of ah well uh, club first before country nonsense. No, no, you can absolutely love both, and 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 you can turn up to England and put in all your passions and desires and all the rest of it like you do at club level. And this idea that, oh, well, maybe I'll... I think it was Paul Scholes who felt that some players went to England and used it as a shop window to get a better move. Now, that's just the opinions of one man, whether he's right or not. But again, all this sort of crap, which wasn't that long ago, it seems to be come and get involved and yeah. play around in the pool get with in the some pool. inflatables yeah, exactly, yeah. and then go and play. Yes, of course, this tournament has been largely played at Wembley for England, but... Look at what it's doing, you know. Get how, in the pool, have an ice cream, and then get win the, the rave on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's it. There's been an understanding in recent days. I mean, the unicorn has had so much of the spotlight because of Bukayo Saka, but you know, even though is, that's the Scot- the, Scotland's the, national the, animal, the, the, they'll be it, furious it, about that. <laughs> I never thought about that. The flamingo, the flamingo's done his bit as well. Yeah. So's the swan. Yeah. Jaden Sancho was on the dolphin, wasn't he? It's incredible. The Dolphin had a great quarterfinal. It is I incredible. Thought. It is incredible. Um, I mean, we've we've talked a lot. Obviously, on the continent, you you talk about Italy a lot, but uh, but a word on them. I mean, Italy, they have been. They're the best team in the tournament. Yeah, you would say they that, were from day one, and they still are. Although and they th- weren't the best team in their semi final. Uh, yes, which is quite a big difference with England's semi final. It is, but it showed you the character of that Italian side yes. to come through that game. Well, this is what I'm so impressed by. I can't, other than them having someone sent off and weathering that storm, I can't think of a situation they haven't faced that they haven't stood up to. Mm. But they, they've they've they passed been, every test. I mean, they haven't been behind, but again. I think this idea of, oh, what are you going to do if you're going to yeah, go behind? I don't think that would stop them playing their game. I don't, I don't know this idea that Chiellini will go, oh, crap. Oh, I've never experienced this before. <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. Have we lost now? <laughs> well, we'll just, lads, let, off the pitch. There's no point in playing the last half an hour, uh, 1-0 down or whatever it, it could turn out to be. But, but I mean, yes, I, I mean, I think that Italy actually... Again, this this battle hardy side with certain huge characters and the and the manager. I think that the home advantage that England have, you would definitely think that siege mentality mm. will play into their favour. Um, I mean, I'm creating the, the narrative here for them. I suppose There's, there will be a good presence of Italian uh, fans at the game. Yeah. We saw that in the semi final. Yeah, uh, and uh, I believe that they might even fly over about a thousand or a thousand or two for like 12 hours so they managed to uh, you know sort of skirt around the, the mm. rules or whatever it may be so there will be a little bit of a presence uh, of course but I mean Andy you know the way they started the, the tournament against uh, your um, pre-tournament favourites <laughs> Turkey and, 
<laughs> and, and and how they've got an on. embellishment with every telling. Absolutely I like right. It. Absolutely that's right. That's the way it should be. And the and the performance against Belgium was was superb. I think it, that's interesting actually. The fact that their best performance was away from Rome. Yeah. You know, we talk about home advantage and clearly playing three games in Rome and that incredible opening to the tournament and you know the 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 ceremony as we talked about before mm-hmm. the before the actual game. That was all that was all huge and it it made us all feel in the moment, yep. didn't it? Yep. But the fact that they've been able to flourish beyond that and they mm-hmm. did have that pinnacle in, in Munich, I think is pretty impressive. Exactly. And also as well, when we say that they were, you know, Spain were, were the better side in that semi-final, I mean, they were, but Italy on the ropes might be a bit too much to say. But remember people, the penalty shootout is very much a part of the match. Yeah. yeah. And and Chiellini set the tone. Jorginho finished it off. Look how, how great they were in that shootout. I know they, they missed a kick. But again, th- that, th- that doesn't live in isolation, that penalty shootout. It mm. is a part of that football match. It's a match. funny one, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, Switzerland had a situation where they had two in a row and they looked really, really, mm-hmm. they really lacked confidence in, in the second one. You could say the same of Spain as well, mm-hmm. because they had two in a row. Yeah. And you feel like two in a row is a stretch. But with Italy, you feel like, oh, no, no they'd well, still they, be... Well, there's a stat, isn't there? I think that no side has won two in a row at Euros. Yeah. But I find that, that, that some it's, of the outlets... be a bit of a misnomer. Well, some of the outlets are sort of cherry-picking just Euro stats, because yes. in World Cups, they have won two. Right, people have yeah. won two in a row. Do you know what I mean? Is that that different, really? No. No, it's not. It's a huge no. international tournament, so I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. But I hopefully... Hopefully Italy won't get the chance because yeah. it'll all be done and England dusted have, by yeah. by half time. Um. <laughs> Marcus, Marcus, you're making me nervous. See, the weird thing now as well is this is uncharted territory for all of us as England fans. But Italy have been my favourite team to watch yeah. through the Euros. I've been saying throughout you it may like, not be saying yeah, that quite. Yeah. So, but normally I would pr- be preparing for a final with there being a team that I, know I you wanted mean. to see win. Yeah. And it, were England not there, that would be Italy. Yeah. So it's a really well, the, the, I don't the, know how what to do with myself. The very relevant question every time is, oh, who do you want to win in the final? Yeah. <laughs> it's not relevant anymore <laughs> for, for English people, of course, which again is, is a rather unique thing. But I want to finish, if I may, um, with a quote from Sven. Obviously. Sven gave Do you his... do this before you go to bed? <laughs> like, with your wife? It's an app, it's a Sven app you can get. <laughs> and if there isn't one, somebody get on that. Um, and I'll have some of the profit. Um, Sven Joran Eriksson uh, said, because of their pace, solidity and scoring options... Have a feeling it will be England's day. Has he ever been wrong about anything other than his team selection for England, Jim? With England in the tournament, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that to the listeners to decide. That. Don't answer that. Before Started we go, laying Andy. those foundations at the beginning of the century. Yeah, uh, with regards the to century, that, as, the, it, as it will be known. <laughs> with regards to that sentence, first half good, second half. Maybe a bit more questionable. Uh, Just before we go, it's time to announce the final winner of our Euros patron competition. Every Friday throughout the Euros, we have been giving away a brand new TV thanks to our good friends at Toshiba. Today is no exception. So well done to Kevin Fisher. Kevin Fisher. Go on, Fisher. How about that? Kevin Fisher. You have got a big old television Coming to you, my friend. Uh, That's our last giveaway of the summer. But please uh, keep an ear out for any future competitions on our Patreon. Besides, you can gain access to all Ramble shows ad-free, exclusive live streams and weekly bonus episodes exclusive to our subscribers. So sign up and get involved at patreon.com forward slash football ramble. On tomorrow's show, Kate, Luke and Vish will be previewing the final 
itself. My goodness. My goodness. Until then, thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jimmy Campbell. It's Vindaloo. It's Vindaloo. In motion, it is Vindaloo. <laughs> and so on. Hot and spicy. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good one. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.